0: So uh, we're giving you a lot this weekend. I mean uh, we're uh you you have four talks and two uh guided meditations and and two inquiries and uh two question and answer period. I mean we <laughs> we're filling this space with you. And uh as you can imagine, it tires us out. I mean, we're, we're really tired at the end of the day. Uh, but I hope you're um, invigorated. I hope this, uh, this brings you up an uplift, the possibilities, you know, a new direction for yourself, maybe, if not, the possibility of a direction in the future for yourself, so that you really get a sense of the, of the opportunities that we're offering here. Uh, I'm just assuming that, you do, and uh, that's going to have to be good enough for me. so um, I'm going to be talking uh, to the talk this evening. well, it's not really evening the talk today is uh, moving from one to zero, moving from one to zero. Now, a lot of this is uh, has been said. I just keep trying to bring in different angles so that you can hear it, even though the words and the conclusions uh are in alignment. The perceptual way that we journey into it may be different different, and that's because we're different. What resonates with us is varied uh so I'm trying to give you uh different paths, different directions that lead to the same place and uh I don't know. You can let me know if that's successful or not. But now think of spirituality, growth, spiritual growth, as a continuum from one to zero. One is the full embodiment of I, separate from all things. That's the consensus way we view life. And zero is the incomprehensible essence of all creation, the unconditioned. The graph was one depiction of that We time horizontally and uh the timeless the vertical uh and so but today we're going to go out at just a little bit different and my way of thinking about awakening is that it's a continuum, and along the continuum there are moments of of uh of the opening of that wonder uh, but uh that's not really. Uh, that certainly is helpful because when you have opened to that wonder, uh, it's you can never fall back into complete ignorance because you see it. Uh, but you can also work side by side with yourself for a long period of time, thinning yourself and receive much of the benefits that you would within that awakening experience. So awakening for me is a continuum as long as we're headed and directed towards zero within that continuum. And that's the fallout, is that you can be thinning yourself, but if you reach a, an egoic conclusion about your thinning and how well you're doing, and look how beautiful your character is now that you, you know, you're really thinking you're walking towards zero, but really you're walking towards one. We can't fool zero. <laughs> Thank goodness! Yeah, you can't lie your way in. You can't be phony with this. This needs absolute uh, alignment with your integrity. That's almost by definition what the root is towards it. And so it's it's beautiful because um, you know you just uh, you can't buy your way in. <laughs> I love that actually. Uh, that's why, that's why I think that the Donna system is so compatible with this, is that it's not built upon wealth, you know. It's like, give if you can give, don't if you can't, but let's all be around the teaching together like we were, we're like we are around the uh, campfire, you know, sharing the light and the warmth of that together. That's more the spirit of zero than, um, you know, trying to Make money out of it. Anyway, and I, I love Sims because that's the, that's what we've imparted into the organization is, you know, come if you can come, pay what what you can because we need the money to sustain our guiding teachers and the organization as a whole. We're remodeling it and everything, and but if you can't come anyway, you know, it's always been uh, a beautiful beautiful picture unfolding of that value. Uh, And if you can give to SIMS, in addition to uh, the Don you're already giving, please do so. Uh, It is an organization worth giving to. Very definitely. So, anyway, to get back on point here, the thinning process, the key markers, as I've mentioned, of thinning is inclusive thinking. where we're, our eyes are awake enough so that we are moved by beauty and subtlety, our heart is more engaged in life, and so therefore we feel the pain of others empathetically, and we also at the same time feel our own pain with more engagement and and resolve because we know there's a way out of it. And we can't pretend that we're moving in that direction unless we are. It's also about having fewer thoughts, uh, especially uh, reactive thoughts. And This one applies to us all because the political climate today is a reactive thought, further division. And it saddens me how people who I know have been practicing for the decades that they have, have fallen into that trap thinking that their righteous view is anything other than a view and that everybody should be following that as an example of their dharma practice or some such nonsense. Rather than having an open heart, which hears everybody, but you still vote in the way your conviction is, but you're not there to try to convince somebody that your view is better. That's the root cause of all this distancing. And all we are is applying it to something we really know that, you know, being a this or a that in a this or that party is really the truth. I have a friend who I grew up with who is and has the opposing view. Voted for people, voted for Said I didn't vote for, and uh he keeps trying to make on telephones we connect uh, once in a while, and he keeps trying to convince me you know that his view is correct, and I listen to him, and I say to him you know uh bob i'm I'm not so interested in arguing views, but I'm much more interested in connecting to to our humanness. I've known you since I was in third grade. And I'm not. Whatever your view is, that's that's not who I know you to be. You're not a view only. You're that's one side of a many-sided person. And come on, let's talk. Let's let's move beyond this and talk. You know the way we would as if we were, you know, having a beer together or something. So this. Thinning process starts valuing what is, what is true and useful. (laughs) It values quiet and aloneness, less conceptualization, less separation. Now, you know, it's not that thoughts all of a sudden quiet themselves because you want them to be quiet. (laughs) They quiet because you're less involved in spurious thinking, you're less involved in contentious thinking, you're less involved in your activity, you've seen through some of that and there's a natural quieting that comes in, now for the person conventionally conventionally they don't want the quiet, so they'll stir themselves up again, become more noisy, just to reaffirm their position in life and their presence in life, but that's not what a dharma that's not that's not dharma See that you can walk thinking you're walking towards zero, you can walk towards one you can switch you can be in exactly <clears throat> doing exactly the right things according to the text and be walking towards one so this is this is beyond just the obvious this is where intuitively we know our way forward, and really, it amounts to surrendering our power to move us at all because as soon as you take an act, we take an active role in the direction we want to take you can be assured I can be assured we could all be assured that we're walking towards one that's the hardest perhaps the hardest thing to integrate into this practice is that we cannot move ourselves towards zero Now that really is the dark night of the soul. Because now you have nothing. You have no efforts, no willpower to move yourself at all. And yet, you're not where you are intending to go. And the distance between where we are and where we intend to go needs to be filled with faith. I don't mean faith in something or someone. But if it's not you, you got to have faith that this thing's going to move itself. <laughs> you have to have faith in the unknown. You have to have faith in its own self-drive, the, the true self-driving automobile. And it takes a while. It takes a while. Because you're... you I have tried many, many different ways to get to zero. All of them have backfired. You learn from your mistakes, literally. It doesn't keep you from trying something else, some other more, you know, less obvious intrusion. <laughs> some tweaking with your thought, something. Something, just let me have a hand in this, please. Don't. Take me out of it. I can't stand it to be taken out. Now listen, I, probably more than most of you here, have a lot of trouble letting go of my control. In fact, it was impossible for me to ever be hypnotized because I refused to let anyone guide my consciousness. <laughs> I just wouldn't do it. Why should you? Stay out of me. I don't want any part of it. So... <laughs> It's a, it's a pretty good sign that you're gonna have a hard time if you can't be allow yourself to be hypnotized and give yourself over to that. So if I can if I can manage this trip towards zero, so can you. You can't have you can't be as stubborn as I am. <laughs> Don't you tell me what to do. <laughs> I've been thrown out of Oh never mind. Okay. New (laughs) Okay, so as we thin, we can be assured that there will be an awakening time, a time when the event of awakening occurs. Now it's that has a lot of that'll change us enormously, as I mentioned, because you see Uh, you see, with assurance where this direction is. And when you have actually seen, then the doubt is removed about what you're doing and and, uh, the method forward. Uh, But living the experience of being awake, that takes time. Learning how to relax yourself away into formless awareness, essentially, is what it takes. Relax your impulses to do something. Relax your desire to be in control of the of the journey forward. Relaxing, surrendering away your what you really feel is important to present to things. You know, the, your egoic need to be seen and to be heard and all of that. Uh, Because it works on a different principle. We use the wrong operating principles. It worked for us when we were establishing our meditation. By God, I'm going to follow my breath. Well, that didn't work really successfully, but we were able over time to be on more breaths than we were when we started. That's an indication of a slope that goes in a positive direction. So if I can use that, To follow my breath, how come I can't use it to get to zero? Because they're opposites. One is a training. Following your breath is a training for your attention. Your attention has been lost in thoughts since time immemorial. It's now being trained that it doesn't have to just go after every thought, invite every thought in. That's a training Slowly, wisdom accesses that training and sees that what thoughts themselves aren't worth listening to or aren't worth investing in. And then the training turns into wise, wise training, and that speeds the process forward. So, most of us have to leave ourselves alone. We have to learn how to leave ourselves alone. We have the tools because. As you begin to rehear, re-invite those very early uh, instructions forward, like relax, release, rejoin the experience. Those the you you relearn them not from a point of effort, but from a point of of relaxation. Each of these tools which allow us to move towards zero are not building upon ourselves with stronger muscles, greater uh, sense of control. They're just the opposite. Relaxation, as I mentioned, and surrender are the release of control, are the relaxation of the tension that holds us in place. So you start using or listening to the words... That you still apply, but not in order to control the situation, but in order to release the need to have to control. Surrender is release. I'm not talking about surrendering to God or surrendering to a guru. Those are nonsense. That's nonsense. If I can be so blunt, especially to another mind, when you don't know. The purity of that mind and believe me I have seen people get really thrown asunder because they feel they feel inadequate they give their adequacy over to someone else who they think or project upon to be wiser or further down the path and then expect that person to be pure enough to guide them I would never do that okay so I'm sorry to you who have such a teacher but I would be so cautious, well, I just wouldn't get involved. But patience, okay? Now, patience. So, all right. So now we have to retranslate words that we have used in the past when we were in charge to words that mean uh, non-self, to means emptiness. Emptiness. So let's take the word patience, for instance, because it's a part of me. And so you think, okay, so that's intrinsic to formless awareness, which it is. But formless awareness doesn't have doesn't have doesn't isn't patient in the sense it's an intentionality from formless awareness to be patient. It's patient because it doesn't move. And that's a definition of patience. It's still not trying to be still, it's still because it doesn't move. So we, the mind, places, oh, that's such a, it's patient. Okay, so I've got to practice patience. Now, now you're already heading towards one, believe me. It means uh, to us, patience is like, okay, I'm going to wait this out. <laughs> Have I been down that line? Okay, so but the real patience is releasing thoughts of time and dis, and uh, destination. That's real patience. Release it. Surrender that. Now you're patient. See? Well, I I, I don't want to do that because I won't know where I'm going and what am what am I being? I gotta have a little push on this thing. I gotta f- force myself to be patient, don't I? No, not if you're heading towards zero. You don't. Now, we've already learned that time does not lead to the timeless. But I guarantee you, when this, (laughs) probably at 4.31, (laughs) all of you will be locked back into time. But don't forget the lessons that have been imparted here. Manipulating form does not lead to the formless. Time does does not and will not lead to the timeless. And that does not mean there's nothing to do. The more we are willing to see what is there, the closer to zero we become. We come. But listen to to this example. This is how we use our conventional wisdom, our conventional attitudes towards ourselves and what we think these words mean And we're actually moving towards one away from the goal we seek. Okay? So the Buddha said, Buddha said, that should alert you. The Buddha asks us to let go of time. When he says, let go of the past, let go of the future, let go of the present, and cross over to the farther shore of existence. With mind wholly liberated, you shall come no more to birth and death. So that's his path. That's what he's saying. Let go of time. That's what we've been talking about all weekend. Let go of time. So what catches you when you're not time bound? Now. He suggests that we surrender time as we know it to now. Join the timeless. But in our twisted thinking, we think, well, that means to be present. It doesn't, but that's how we substitute it so we can get locked back into into time. So we can still have our place in time, you see? And the present is not the timeless. The present is the slim space between the past and the future that we try to reside in spiritually. Be here, now, in the present. And so we have a sense of control and we have a an object in mind and we have a purpose, you know, and we bring our mindfulness there and every time our mind slips off to a thought, oh my God, I'm not in the present. Back we go, effortful. Which way do you think you're going? you think you're going to zero? With those attitudes, think again. But we are sure that that's the way to it because everybody says be here now, be present. Our whole training is around being present. And yet present is a trap of self. It's a time element. Now is not a time element. Broaden now so that you can see the present within now. But also the past is within now. Also the future is in now. It covers the whole time frame. And therefore it's not in control. It's not being controlled by time. Effort in the present. To be present. Keeps us in time. From the already present now. So... Start reorganizing the way you think about things. Test it out. Inquire into, is this present moment that I'm trying to get into so limited, so isolated, so short? Is the space so distant that I have to squeeze my way in like through the side door of a house? So... What we do is we, okay, wait a minute, this isn't working. This is not working. What's the success weight rate on people being present? If you looked inside of them, probably growing frustration, annoyance, growing sense of doubt about their ability to do so. There's something wrong with me that I can't be as present as I perceive others to be. That's what's growing in them, which is all on their way to one. There's no relaxation there there's no self-acceptance there there's no relaxation there which is the way to zero so using our practice in correct orientation with zero is the all-important marker as to where we want to go if the present being present here and now with all of its tension and fraught were successful there'd be a success of a high success rate wouldn't there? Look around. What's the success rate? You cannot, we cannot use the strategies of one to get to zero. That's it. That's it. Now is fresh, without any overlay of past and future. Nothing could. Po- the Buddha says, "Give up time." And part of what he's asking us to give up the past, the present, and the future. He includes the present. He didn't have his his uh, monks. St- Stressful over being present. I guarantee you, he didn't do that. I'm ex- I'm stressing this because I fell into it. You know, when you fall into a hole big enough and you get bruised deeply enough, you want to warn others: don't go this way. It doesn't work. And I've been doing it 50 years now is a whole different whole different that's the that's the crossing over to the shore that the Buddha is relating to. Now stands alone, without support. It never wavers. It's always and forever now. But is that enough for us, you see? Or are we so invested in time and therefore, because it's mutually dependent, invested in us as being egoically separate? Because that's what you're investing, we're all investing in, when you move towards one. You're investing in your separation, in your individuality, both of which are illusions, and moving away from unity and we somehow think we can keep now in view by focusing on the present so forcing ourselves into a limited present becomes more important than the fresh and open now and we're free well see it's it's power again well now doesn't you know, what do I do in now? It's like how do I know I get to I get to church on time? <laughs> because that's where faith that's you, there's something else that's working this in parallel. It's not only in parallel, it holds us, and but we don't see it because we've believed too specifically in our own individuality there's a f- formless awareness is not without wise action wise response, creativity, spontaneity, but also knowing. The time in the clock is something, I have an appointment coming up. It sees that. It doesn't, it doesn't blind you from conventional life. It puts you in a different perspective to conventional life. So let's look at how that division occurs, that sense of separation occurs. Because I I want to bring this in. Have you noticed that there is a split-second pause between the moment as it arises and our interpretation of what is occurring? Have you noticed that there's a, just a moment in which you're, you're assessing what's going on? That's a step back, you see? In that moment, we are, that pause gives us time to decide whether the moment is safe to enter. And from that pause, we can evaluate our options. Well, I'll go or not go, or I'll do whatever I feel is right, or maybe this is dangerous, or whatever it is. This keeps us within a controlled environment, which is known and understood. And this time lag creates our separation from the immediacy of life because we're not of the moment, we're considering the moment. That pullback evaluation is a distance. And that distance assures that we're going to be distant to everything. Every moment because we're pulling back from every moment. We pull back from now, that's what we pull back from Words like spontaneity are seem crippling to us, you know. Why would you want to be spontaneous? You're going to get out of control, but that's where creativity comes from. It's from the the unwillingness to separate and reflect upon. This lag time reconverts the definition of now into then. Once this configuration gets agreeable, then I will. But you see, that's also a loss of faith because awareness sees. Awareness isn't going to have you step off a cliff. It doesn't need to be. But we are so self-assured that we are in control that we won't give up that control and see if something else catches us. You know, like falling back into somebody's waiting arms? That's hard. If you have had a life of exploitation. So this movement into now requires us risking What we have depended upon, our control, our own sense of conceptual understanding of the situation. Our own sense of mastery. It's a lot. It's a lot. It will push every button you still own. It's a lot. But at some point, it doesn't matter. I'm going. And you get a taste towards zero and then a greater taste. And then you have a flash of it. And then you're... But still, you have to live it. And, okay, so how do I live it? Because the demands, as you move closer to zero, get stronger and more compelling. And ask you to, yes, you have to let go of that and surrender that. You go, God, not that. Yes, that. It gets harder because those are deeper psychic roots on which we have counted upon ourselves. But it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Bring it on come what may I ain't going back to one I'm just not going back to one Okay